We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Reload. I'm your host, Lando. This podcast is brought to you by Untuck It and Manscaped. Hello and welcome to the Reload by Prediction, the Sports Video Talk Show Network. Normally, at the beginning of shows, I uh, I like the idea of talking about some football, right? It's football season. Everyone's excited about it. Everyone is loving, uh, you know, probably their designated teams. I, on the other hand, have just lost more and more and more hope. Uh, I'm, I'm personally a fan of the Cleveland Browns. For those who uh, have not seen uh, my sorrows on social media or even on this show previously, but... Let's just not get into it. It's just not worth it anymore. It really is. I don't even know if I should designate time to even talk about the Browns at this point. However, you know, things could turn around. Who, who knows? I uh, I give props to the Broncos, but still, even even still yet, it, uh, it, it pains me. It really does. I have a family that's friends of the Broncos. So, you know, from time to time, it's not the worst loss in the world. But for the Browns, you could argue, you know, the way that things are going by no means is uh, is ideal. But, hey, we've got a great show today. We'll be covering the newly announced L.A. Gorillas starting five. Uh, we'll also be covering the importance of substitutes and how they can actually play a role this year, uh, along with the Dallas Empire. Right. Is it too early to call them the best team in the league? Uh, if not, does that title mean anything? Right. Does that title actually significant? Does it give anything? Does it provide any depth, if you will? Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a great show. Really looking forward to it today. And of course, the reload is brought to you by Prediction. Prediction offers the chance to learn and converse on more in-depth subjects about all of the latest and greatest esports from NBA 2K to Overwatch. By the way, who saw the Overwatch 2 announcement this past week? That was great. Uh, also, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Dota, esports news and business, and as well as Call of Duty. We cover so much already and are only looking to expand rapidly each and every day. So feel free to let us know 
what game you guys would like to see us get involved with next, or even what avenue of esports you'd like to see us dive into next by mentioning us on social media. Just as one, you can feel free to uh, access us on Twitter at Prediction with two E's or at myself on Twitter at Lando. And for those that may be listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, etc., welcome to you. Uh, and if you're interested in joining us for a live show uh, where you can be involved with the chat and kind of get your opinions out there, uh, we are live every Tuesday. Uh, that's at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. That's prediction with two E's, twitch.tv slash prediction esports. It's going to be great. Super excited about uh, a few topics that we've got to cover for today. Ones that really can be uh, really dived into a decent amount. People talk, but okay, well, you know, the LA Gorillas, first off, a lot of people think about with this team in particular is, you know, they're okay. There's not really a whole lot there. I will say this is an interesting group. You know, to be totally honest, this is an interesting group of players uh, that another Los Angeles team, of course, outside of Optic, uh, find themselves in, right? I, I think that these are all guys that kind of found themselves on the outside, uh, but all guys who are also very solid slayers. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts in the chat as well uh, in terms of what are the thoughts about this team in particular, right? I mean, literally, we look at these five players of Saints, Aqua, Lacefield, Decimate, and Aches, Together, I don't know how it's going to mesh, which we'll talk about. Uh, but in general, their numbers are impressive. Like, you got to give these guys some props for the respective teams that they played for uh, toward the end of the season. And we'll dive into a few numbers from Champs, actually. Uh, what, at Champs, Saints had a 1.3, and these are these are overall KDs. Saints was at a 1.3. Aqua was at a 1.24. Laceville was at a 1.12. Decimate at a 1.07. And Aix was at a 0.74. Those are actually fantastic numbers if you were to all put them together. Uh, that's a 1.09 with aches in the lineup, and that's a 1.18 without. Now, you have to be careful whenever you do give uh, you know numbers like this because you have to kind of give clarification that none of these guys were on the same team. They weren't really competing alongside each other, so you kind of have to be aware of, of the of the big hitters especially, uh, that they weren't on the same roster competing along you know with each other and, and kind of you know going through the, uh, the trenches, if you will. But even still yet, though, those numbers, they're impressive. And this goes to show that this team has the ability for slang potential and that's that's really been the biggest issue with a lot of you know these, these rosters that i kind of put in the conversation are you know how are they going to withstand the giants that exist on the other side i've, I've kind of labeled those teams as giants right you talk about your la optics your atlanta phase your chicago huntsman the list goes on and on right you have very stacked super teams that all have shown previously that they can be top caliber players in the world. And so you're looking at them and saying, how do we withstand that, right? How do we take certain precautions in order to take down this particular lineup? Uh, and like I said, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this team does that and what they kind of do. Uh, Batsell says, this isn't a bad team. Hopefully Saints slash Lace stays consistent. And I absolutely agree with that, right? That that's for me something that's super important about this particular roster um, because the blueprint for top caliber teams has been consistency it has been a strong slang front with a like i said consistent secondary you need and this is the blueprint for previous 5v5 champions you need a strong slang front and a consistent secondary right you need all five players to in some capacity be involved and 
even looking past that, you also just need everyone to be there, right? It's not just about the, the main guys at the front. It's about having other secondary players who can come in and instantly be influential, right? You need someone to play what I've deemed as the karma role or the enable role, right? Fill the gaps, play your position, and step up when needed. And I feel like Aches will be that particular person for this team. He will be the mind behind this particular roster. Um, what we have Aqua, who's kind of now back in his designated role, because in the past two seasons, he is he's kind of had to fight for his main AR position, right? Echo Fox in World War II with Assault. Uh, accuracy on Splice at the, at the beginning of this year. It's interesting because he hasn't really been able to play his position for the entire season. So I, I think this will be one of the hardest teams to manage, though, because you talk about the, the players that they have on paper. They're excellent, right? It's, it's no surprise. These guys are absolutely excellent players for their respective teams. But in general... Them working together, that, that for me, I think, is uh, is definitely one of the the biggest issues that, that could come about. Um, Aston Chat says they're all inconsistent and only aches his clutch. Betzel says, wrong. Well, I, I will say it's hard to judge because I think whenever, and where opinions could come from about this team being inconsistent, I don't think the core of that um, argument is wrong. Um, but I think still yet you do have to look at these guys, consider all the teams that they've played on, consider the role changes that they've had, and you say, hey, you need to be consistent. Well, it's going to be kind of hard to do that. And I think depending on what roles that these guys have been on throughout their years uh, is interesting, right? Saints and, and Boots in the Ground Call of Duties were, were known as the most consistent player, a guy who went almost two and a half to three years straight without having uh, less than a 1.0 KD. These guys in their history have been showing consistency. Lacefield, for pretty much every roster, has led them in slang, despite being someone who's hard to deal with. He's also looked upon as, as, a, as a phenomenal player. Decimate has been a little bit up and down from time to time. Aqua has been up and down from time to time. But for the most part, I don't know. I, I feel like there is some, some really good pieces here. Uh, it's just a matter of, of really being able to make them work, which I think is going to be the biggest thing with this team, is that, hey, we have got great pieces um, but can they actually all work in a functioning manner together? And that's what I think is going to be crucial. I'm very heavily awaiting to see who exactly will be the coach of this team um, because I think, for me, this will be one of the hardest teams to coach in the Pro League or in the CDL, if you want to be specific, right? Um, and I, I think you're going to need a stable coach, someone who will be there to kind of be the deciding factor to say, hey, regardless of the current situation we find ourselves in, if we're down in series, if we're, you know, maybe playing consistent and lose a series we shouldn't have, you need someone to be that stable piece who will be able to unite these guys together. Because, hey, you know, that it's, it's interesting because all of these guys in some capacities have been kind of left out to dry. You know, to be honest with you, you talk about a guy like Saints, you talk about a guy like Lacefield, talk about Decimate Aqua. I mean, these guys are, are pieces that have been looked upon as major slayers for the respective rosters, and they've kind of been let out to dry. And that could unite them in some ways, but someone will have to be there in order to really unite them, I think. Um, like I said, Lacefield has led teams in slang. Saints did that at the end of the year. He was looking fantastic. Decimate in the start of Black Ops 4 led G2 in every KD-based game mode. I think we can all get the idea. There is some very good pieces. Um, and there's also some decent chemistry here as well. And I may be digging a little bit more than I should, but Aches and Decimate, obviously Aches and Lacefield have a great history. Saints and Lacefield, etc. You've got some good pieces here. And so I think that realistically... Um, despite what could be the instant assumption of, oh, 
you know, this isn't really going to work. This isn't going to be key, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think these guys actually may work a little bit better uh, than people are expecting. Now, do I see them, you know, taking down top caliber rosters in the early stages? No, I, I don't. I think if you have the right coach there, this team can be the wild card where they are sometimes the best team in the world, uh, or rather look like they could take down some, some very top caliber rosters. So I shouldn't have said best team in the world but look like they can take down some top caliber rosters. And at times they'll probably lose to some low tier guys. And you may be thinking, Oh, where are they at? Like, where's, where's their kind of head at? I think together they can look, and this is kind of what we've been saying for a few people talk about is inconsistent. Um, and bad soul said, in all honesty, you don't need a star player. Role players are necessary to every team. I agree. I, I think that role players are very crucial. I do think though, in the, discussion of what really will make you a top caliber roster though i think you do need stars and that's plural i don't think you need one i think you need multiple in order to capture championships every team this year um that won a championship had or rather i should say in black ops 4 had multiple influential pieces there was one guy who kind of stood up out amongst the rest but in general there were very supportive pieces there were almost tears to the way that those players were uh, were kind of rocking out but I am interested, right? I mean, like I said, you've got a guy, a group of guys who are very good, but together, I, I really do worry about it. I, I think that uh, I, I do worry about where this team could be heading. Um, but in general, though, they've got the pieces. It really is, for me, the matter of the coach. It's a matter of the supporting pieces, who can come in, who can be influential. Maybe you look at substitutes that could maybe motivate things, that could maybe provide a little bit more stability in certain positions. I think, for me, that's where I'm kind of currently at when it comes down to the LA Gorillas, uh, a roster that by no means is bad, uh, but a team that probably will be difficult uh, to deal with. <laughs> and sorry, Bob says the Rampart was a star player for LG. Uh, I mean, to be honest, that's, that's not incorrect, um, but in general, you kind of get the point, right? The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means, gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untucket shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucket shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size, so he always looks casual and sharp. Ever seen an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untucket, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who desperately needs an upgrade. As someone who has dealt with bad Christmas gifts in the past, I can promise you a gift like this is not only great, but will get tons and tons of use. Shirt shopping, it takes time, too much time. After work, I don't want to go to some random store and try on shirt after shirt after shirt, hoping that I can find just the right fit. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untucket shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again and their website is super easy to use. They even have a whole page dedicated to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It 
is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Dot com and use code blue wire let's go ahead and move on right I, I, really quickly i want to hear your guys' thoughts on this team very briefly uh what are the thoughts right now when it comes down to this la gorillas team are we happy about it do we think there's potential do we think we are probably steering away what's kind of the general thought about this team because i think they will play a wild card in terms of their positioning um amongst what would be the top 12 I don't know where I'd put him. I'd, I'd, I'd probably put him in the in the lower six, obviously. Um, lower eight, though. Where are we thinking that? I think that they could be lower than eight um, and probably will be lower than eight, but I think they have the ability to take down teams that exist above them. You, like For the most part, you're not going to see teams really fluctuate all that much. I think this team will be full of taking down you know high-tier teams, but also at the same time losing against low-tier teams. Just the way that it is. Uh, Aston says 8-12, but could upset. Totally agree. Uh, and Bad Soul says, are you going to discuss free agents? There's still some very good players waiting around to get picked up. That's a really good topic, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Bad Soul, because I actually intend on doing that next week. I think that we're still waiting for the Florida announcement. Uh, the LA Gorillas are still, rather, there's a lot of teams who haven't even announced substitutes as of yet. Um, so I'm currently waiting for it, and then I'll probably have a segment. We'll probably talk about it as well a lot um, about what players maybe were kind of swept under the rug, top-tier players that probably deserved a spot but didn't get one. I, I just want to wait until substitutes are announced because I don't want to compose a list of guys that probably are already signed. Uh, but I really do appreciate that subject, and we'll definitely cover it. Uh, Dr. Strange says, I'd say bottom four around the level of Toronto and Paris. Uh, Nasiri Bob says, I don't think star players are necessary. There were many games last year where they – uh, Slade, rather the outslayed team won. I get it. I, I think that the, the the key to winning a championship, I think, in Modern Warfare and what was kind of the case most of the time in Black Ops 4 was having a group of slayers that can be coherent and that can work together. That, that for me, is the ultimate kind of piece. And for me, 100 Thieves kind of led the way of saying, hey, we're going to prefer slaying over that and work on it later. Because you can teach a group of slayers to work together, but you can't necessarily work, to, uh, you can't really put together a group of role players and say, hey, you need to slay. Like, you're going to have great chemistry and you're going to win series from time to time. But I think based on the players that exist and the teams that exist, it's very difficult to look at your roster and say, you know what? We're going to be able to handle these guys. We're going to be able to handle them. You have to look at other avenues. And so I think the the ultimate key to winning a championship is having a group of five guys who are very talented, obviously that can work together, but generally I think the slang does need to be one of the primary things. Um, and obviously you go about that different ways. It could be It could depend on certain players. It could depend on certain things. But for the most part, that's kind of where I sit. 
Um, and that's true. Betzel did says World War II champs didn't have the stars, just players who knew how to play their roles. I have been saying the entire time, I'm kind of only referencing 5v5 because for me, 5v5 is totally different than 4v4. The, the, the idea of search and destroy wins championships, the idea of a number of different things for me exists in 4v4. 5v5 is a totally different story. And it may seem as if, oh, there's only a few players that really kind of change up that process. But for me, it actually means all the difference in the world. Uh, so that, that's just kind of where I currently sit. But regardless, I'm glad to hear what your guys' thoughts are right now in terms of um, the LA Gorillas at this moment. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how they kind of translate. Uh, but let's dive into the uh, next subject really quickly, because I think this is important. I want to try to get this out of the way. Um, and I'm glad that we've been kind of having this free agency conversation, because I got to say, free agency and substitutions, I think, are so important. And it's being swept under the rug by a lot of people. I mean, I mean, legitimately, I, I'm I have been kind of surprised um, by the lack so far, which we could see that totally change up over time, but the lack of influential substitutes. And I think and people instantly write this off and they think, ah, you know, it doesn't really have a whole lot of importance to it. I mean, really, what are they going to do? They're going to sit on the bench, maybe sub in. What are subs really useful for? How often does a player have an injury? That's not what they're there for. Right. That's not, for, at least in my eyes, where these particular aspects or rather these particular players are there for. They're not there to make the bench warm. They're not. I think for me, everyone knows how 5v5 rocks, right? We all know how it works. And for me, I think that the ability to utilize substitutes will honestly make teams rise above others when it comes down to the standings. Um, and I think that if you can put in pieces that can be influential in their own right, that's going to be huge. I mean, there's already talks about, you know, how search and destroy um, could be implemented. You talk about search and destroy stars. They have a reason to be there then, right? That for me is so important because previously substitutes have been looked upon as just a, a guy who fills in in case someone can't make it, in case there's a wedding, in case there's an injury. That's what they're there for. I think when it comes to franchising, franchise sports, you utilize your subs. Now, obviously, this is different. And that obviously in regular sports, you talk about stamina, you talk about a number of different things. But I think in general, when it comes down to how this game will work, you can bring in guys who are good for a particular search and destroy map, for a particular domination um, you know, map, for example, bring in guys who are game mode based and who work primarily on that, you know? And so I have loved, and I obviously put them on the graphic for a reason. I've loved the additions of Tommy to the Dallas empire. I've loved the additions of exceed to, uh, the Minnesota rocker. I think for me, those make perfect sense. Uh, and obviously on Minnesota specifically exceed and tiny. I think they're perfect because at least so far, I don't know if they're going to plan on picking up more players or not, but you're picking up young guys, Tiny, who can be influential when it comes down uh, to search and destroy primarily. He's a great sniper player as well. Um, and then Exceed, a guy who is a very talented SMG presence. The one thing that I do worry about Minnesota, Alex previously comes from a flex background. Asim, is he 100% proven as of yet? He's been shown that he can be an entry fragger uh, type position. Is Alex going to be the all-star SMG that we need to see? Well, at least you have someone in Exceed who kind of fills what would be considered as maybe one of their lacking, um, you know, roles at this moment. And so I love the kind of patch, if you will, uh, that substitutes can put on a particular team because they can make your roles 
almost more solidified. Same thing with the London Royal Ravens. Whether this was intentional or not, I love the pickup of Shawnee for them. Why? Because, hey, who knows how Raiden's going to play? You know, he's coming back. Obviously, World War II, uh, fantastic player. Black Ops 4 obviously had a lot of different roster changes that went on. Who knows exactly how the main AR position is going to work? Shawnee, incredibly underrated main AR. He fits very well in this position. What if you need two super slow AR players, and let's say that Wiskin's having a bad day? We've got Shawnee. Perfect. Like, like, I don't know. For me, it makes total sense based on the direction that some of these teams have already grabbed. I think for the Dallas Empire, obviously I included Tommy. I think he's great. I think if Dallas can continue to get some young players, maybe even some European players as well, guys who are preferred in certain aspects, Tommy can take over that secondary. You know, he can be the guy who takes over the secondary five. And that could be his team, right? Tommy has been looked upon as a guy who likes to take control. This is your team, Tom. That's what I'd be saying. This is your team. This, these are your substitute players that you get to work on, that you get to foster up. Because we've already seen him do we've already seen Tommy do that at prior champs events. I think it's huge. And I and I love um, a lot of, of what teams have been doing up to this point. And one roster that I think has instantly gone out and said, you know what, we're gonna get all of these spots filled, Toronto. Yeah, there's a lot of people who aren't the biggest fan of the Toronto Ultra team, and I get it. I do. I think there's a lot of questions on this team. I've talked about how there is a lot of pressure on this team as well to perform in all of their positions. But look, you've got Kleenex. You've got Cami, right? You've got players, and obviously you can include a few other ones in terms of younger guys, Mayhem, along with some guys who have been through the ringer for a while, Classic and Bance, both in North America and in Europe. You have players who know how to foster up a solid team and you've also got players who can maybe come in and be influential right cami great rather great great placement when it came down to champs helped lead the units team kleenex fantastic sog uh for singularity at champs as well looked like he could be a top tier smg if he was able to perform like that at multiple events i love the idea of substitutes and i feel like teams aren't 100 correctly utilizing them i will say we haven't seen a whole lot of announcements and it is early to maybe call those out, but I think for the most part, I think that substitutes can easily change the landscape of how certain teams are looking, how they're playing, uh, and obviously with Paris, where right, they have seven players, who knows how obviously all seven of those are going to work, or rather who's going to be in the starting lineup, but who's not, but I still, I love the idea, because you have players who can be influential, who can come in for a map, and really change things. It's no longer about just five designated players, and that's it. Now you have seven to ten players who can all strengthen your team in certain capacities. And one thing that people aren't really mentioning uh, when it comes down to having a full 10, do you have any idea how much practice that you can get with 10 players? I mean, literally, you have players to always play with. And that sounds super general, but you know, if there's a starter who wants to work on something, great, there's a sub there. Or a sub who wants to work on something, great. You have someone to play with, and you have some. You have a team, a group of ten players. That's that's two rosters, who can work on things in house, right? Teams always talk about, oh, we can't scrim search and destroy. Now you can, right? Now you can. You can scrim search and destroy all you want to. You can work on all the maps with confidence that your strategies aren't going to be leaked or spread to other teams. It's not going to happen anymore. And I think it's going to create some healthy competition between certain players and it will be kind of a safety net for certain teams as well. Say, Hey, you know, we, we invested a lot in this particular player. He hasn't looked great in modern warfare or title that at least so far feels so much different than black ops four. 
hey, we have a safety net. We have a guy who can come in and maybe not be as great as we thought, but a guy that can fix our position, like I said, be the patch, if you will. And I think a lot of teams um, need to realize that and need to be aware of it because I think that having the ability to practice, having um, guys who can create healthy competition, guys that you can as well foster up, it's huge, and that's the thing that I love with Minnesota in particular. I'm, I'm just highlighting them so far, is that they got two young guys. If they're going to get more, that's great. I think getting younger players is crucial. I mean, imagine, and, and we'll say this, United almost had this already when it came down to the EU cadets. They already had kind of a you know secondary-type team, if you will, in terms of the EU cadets. They fostered up those guys. Literally, and I don't know to the full extent of how much they practiced. I know they worked on Search and Destroy, which was which was great, but they were able to siphon up someone like Sim to the point where, you know, it already it kind of felt right. It was easy for him to come up. So if you talk about the amount of young talent that exists out there, think about what other diamonds in the rough we may see. You know, guys like Tiny, guys like Exceed, players like Cami, guys like Kleenex. They could be top five players this year and it's just a matter of a team giving them a chance to really work on their craft and to finally get the opportunity that for me i think is uh, is crucial and i think that dr strange brought up a, a really good point he talked about the issue is the salary cap teams with a bunch of stars literally cannot sign a full team of 10 i still think that you can get a lot of really good players for probably minimum i think you can now obviously it depends on how and how close they are to the cap etc i totally get it but I still think you can get a group of very young players who maybe, if you were to scout enough, you can actually get your worth out of a lot of those guys in terms of practice. It's going to be excellent. And so I think Search and Destroy, which a lot of people are talking about, is going to be so crucial this year to bounce strategy more than we've ever seen, or at least since Ghosts. Now you have the opportunity to work on it. And you have the opportunity, like I said, to work on it in-house that for me is, is is huge. The ability to literally work on scrimmages, to, to be able to work on very you know detailed aspects about your game. You now have ten players of which can all work on that together. I think that's massive, and I think that I hope I rather pray that teams start to implement that because I think that if if utilized correctly, and it really does depend a lot on the coaching staff and and how those things get you know kind of worked in. But I think a team like Toronto Ultra, if utilized correctly. Think about it. You can get, I mean, so much out of each individual player that depending on how you want to utilize this team and if they really are interested in wanting to win a championship more than anything, because that really will be the ultimate test in terms of your substitutes, in terms of your starters, how much do they really want to win? Are they willing to play four out of the five maps in a series because they realize the other team on the other side is maybe, or rather a player on the bench fits better in that particular spot? I think it's I think it's huge. I really do, and I think like I said, if Toronto Ultra, if teams that decide to you know go for a full ten man lineup, if they can utilize them correctly, you've got guys who in every single position on different maps, you got a lot of guys who are working. You got a lot of staff that have the ability to really show out. I think it's great. I'm really excited about it. But let me know, guys. What's what's the thought on substitutes? Are we um are we against the idea? Are we for the idea? Because you know what, I could be wrong, but I think in general. I wouldn't hate on the idea of having more than less. I would prefer 10 over 7. Obviously, salary cap comes into play. That's obviously huge. But in general, I think you can get a lot of worth, or rather a lot of worth out of young players and can maybe even start to siphon them up throughout the organization. Like I said, franchising, it is a decade-plus long investment. You can sell these guys. You can craft them up. 
You know, what if Kleenex becomes an amazing player on this Toronto team? Put him in the starting lineup. Maybe you trade him for another star piece that works perfectly with your team. I don't know. I think there's a lot of ability. Like I said, at the start of the uh, the Pro League last year, 30% of the CWL were filled with rookies. It's crazy. It really is. It's uh, it's mind-numbing. Let's go and move on to our last subject, though, right? Uh, one thing that I'm super excited to talk about um, and one thing that I think is uh, is very influential as of this moment uh, is the Dallas Empire, right? How are they looking as of this moment? Um, and I want to talk about the subject of, is it fair to call the Dallas Empire the best team in the world, right? Is, is it fair, right? Is that a fair assessment that you can make? Or if it is, does it mean anything, right? Does it mean anything to be the best team at the start of a title or this early in the title that we have? Now, so far, the the Dallas Empire has won, I think, what is it, six out of the seven online events that they've played in. Um, and you can obviously preface that with the idea that those all, I believe, were search and destroy tournaments, uh, which is obviously very something, or rather something that's incredibly notable. Um, but for the most part, they looked fantastic. I mean, literally, they have looked absolutely unbelievable. Six out of seven tournaments that they've played in. I think, what, Shotzi and Krim won the 2v2 $10,000 tournament the other day as well? I don't know. Um, but you know, I would say this, this is a question for chat. This is a question for people who are, who are listening to this. Are they the best team in the world at this moment? Yes. Right. Yeah, they are. They, they, they are looking as of this moment from the very small sample size that we have as of this moment. Do they look like the best team in the world? I think they do because it's not just search and destroy, but as well as in scrimmages, they've looked excellent. They really have. But the more important thing, whether you think that or not, let's say that you think that it's yes, let's say that you think they're a top caliber team, does it mean anything, right? Does it hold weight? I think that it does. Now, it's it's important to realize how much weight that it really does matter, uh, or rather it does really kind of carry over. But for me, does it hold weight that this team is looking like the best team in the world as early as we've seen? I think that it does. First off, because I think for the Dallas Empire specifically, it's giving us answers to questions that we had about this team, right? The questions were, can this team work, right? A big thing was, uh, is Shotzi worth the risk? Will this game be too fast-paced? Can the ARs, can Clayster and Crimsix work together? And don't get me wrong, those questions still do exist, but little by little, tournament after tournament, scrimmage after scrimmage, those questions they're starting to diminish a little bit. And despite what people will say, possibly in chat, what people will say possibly, you know, however it may be, at the beginning of the year, this wasn't everyone's favorite team. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't. I, I know for a fact, as I've made videos more and more about the Dallas Empire, people have talked about, of course they look like the best team. Are you serious? And then I look back at all the Reddit posts and I think, hey, we didn't. We hardly had Dallas Empire in the top five. On paper, this team wasn't necessarily in the top two or the top three. A lot of people had the um, Chicago Huntsman above them. A lot of people had the Atlanta Phase above them. A lot of people had the LA Optic above them. And I think it's still fair to, to kind of throw those names around there. But like I said, it's still for me, it's early, but it is notable. I think that it is notable. There are a lot of people who are saying that, you know, oh, is it going to affect your power rankings? That for me is a really big conversation to have right now. Is it affecting your power rankings at all? I think that it should. I do. I think that the way that they have played up to this point, it is notable. Uh, but you have to keep in mind, like I said, that it is early, right? These tournaments, in terms of the ones that I mentioned, six out of seven in the grand finals, uh, or rather of the, the wins that they've had, they've been in the grand finals all seven times, six out of seven they've won. 
um, have all been S and D, but they've looked excellent as well in terms of scrimmages. That can't be denied. In terms of hard point, in terms of domination, hard point specifically, they've been looking great. But for those that would say it means nothing, I disagree with that totally. I think that this this shouldn't necessarily affect things crazily. And it, and, and for those who are saying, oh, it's just the preseason. No, this isn't the preseason. Granted, the CDL has not officially started, but scrimmages are happening. The first rule set has been announced. A Call of Duty season lasts, what, eight, nine, ten months? This is included in that. It is. But how much weight do you take around the Dallas idea of them being the best team in the world? I think that it does hold some water. But even still yet, this is, I think for me at least, not if you're a Dallas fan, Dallas Empire fan, this is not what you want to see. I think it's what you need to see from this team. And I, and I really am a big fan of this team up to this point because, like I said, I had my questions about them. I'll be totally honest. I've had my questions about them in terms of, you know, can they work, right? How is Illy going to translate, which he's looked fantastic up to this point so far? How, more specifically, is Shotzi going to translate? He's looked excellent so far. And that's, for me, something super crucial and, and something that I've talked about a lot um, is the translation from a player coming from Halo to Call of Duty, it takes some time, right? Who can World War II? It took him around half, if not a little bit longer than half of the title to really start to come into his own. And you could argue it was the team. I would say in general, he would even say it. He wasn't up to the same standards. Frosty, a perfect example, a fellow world champion, came over to Black Ops 4. It took him a good majority of the year to really start to kind of get into that same, rather the level of which he probably is comfortable with. It takes time. Despite it being the sister esport of Call of Duty, it takes time for that process to develop. And I think up to this point, the way that the metas have looked, the way that things have kind of been uh, dove into already, I I'm excited. I am. I'm excited for the Dallas Empire team. But like I said, it's early. And I think when teams start to kind of scrimmage more and more, we'll start to kind of have that conversation. But like I said, the, the overall question, is it fair to call the Dallas Empire the best team in the world? I think it is a fair conversation i think it is an accurate statement up to this point based off of the small sample size that we've been given now you can run with that and say oh how much weight does that really hold it holds as much weight as, as how long the title has been out for um, but just in general they have been a team that's been very well prepared and like i said as a dallas empire fan you should be excited about this you should be happy about this because despite everyone going out there and talking on reddit everyone talking on twitter saying i knew it I knew this was going to be a great team. I knew this is when it was going to be, the, uh, you know, in, in conversation with the best team in the world. No, not many people have said that. Not many people were in that conversation. They wanted to see gameplay first. They wanted to see tournaments first. And like I said, while it is early, I think that it's good to see. And I'm really happy to see the Dallas Empire roster is translating because I did have some worries. I did. I, I really did. I was curious how influential will the ARs be, right? Clayster and Krim 6. Krim, not the greatest year last season. How will he work in a slower paced title? Or at the time, a lot of people said it's going to be just as fast as Black Ops 4. Or maybe uh, it's going to be faster than you think. Obviously, it depends on the map. It depends on, you know, a lot of different things as, as of this moment. Um, but at least in my eyes, I'm, I'm excited to see what they've uh, what they've kind of been up to up to this point because I think that it is influential. I think it is something that people need to consider. Uh, and I've even asked Kenny about this as well. I had him on my show, and I said, uh, you know, what do you think about the Dallas Empire kind of being called uh, the best team in the world right now? And he says, you know what? It's a deserved title, right? They deserve to have that title, but it's early. So 
That's, that's, that's just kind of like where I sit. I think that they do deserve to be in that conversation. Should it affect your power rankings, which I think is the next question to ask? I think that it should. Um, how much weight you want to carry that with, I think is up to you. But in general, I've uh, if I were a Dallas fan in this situation, which I take more of an outside approach, I would be super excited about this because the team that had the questions around them, a team that I have currently labeled as one of my most anticipated rosters to watch, is looking like they're on the right track. And I think that you can take a lot with that, um, depending on, on the way that you look at positions. But scrimmages have yet to happen, right? We could have another number one rated team, uh, you know, when it comes down to the next few weeks. But I think Dallas Empire, regardless, will be in that top three conversation, even despite how scrimmages may go. But uh, feel free to let me know what your guys' thoughts are on the Dallas Empire up to this point. Uh, who has really kind of impressed you? That's the question that I'll throw out there. Who has kind of impressed you either from the Dallas Empire, from any team really, uh, up to this point? I will say one player that's really impressed me so far throughout Modern Warfare, and I know it's been early, but still, uh, Abizi. Abizi's looked great. You know, I had, I had a few questions about him just because of the pace of the game. Obviously, he was known as an entry uh, when it came to E United. How would an entry player kind of shift now into Modern Warfare? A lot of question, at least in my eyes, slower title. Does that entry role still hold a lot of weight? Up to this point, I think that a lot of the scrimmages, I've been very, very impressed uh, with him up to this point. And kind of in, in terms of his gameplay that I've seen, uh, I've been very impressed. Um, let's see here. Dr. Strange says, Hook has looked fantastic. I agree. I've, I've been seeing Hook put up some great numbers. Uh, Complex Matt says, Apathy looks good on this game compared to his slower start last year. Uh, I agree with that. I, I've been you know pretty impressed with the uh, Seattle scrimmages up to this point. I've been happy to kind of see um, someone like Apathy, who I think will be put in kind of a, a power position to really perform. Uh, I've been very impressed with him. I know he and Slack were guys who instantly kind of picked up the MP5 off the rip uh, and have been looking great. Um, Aston says, Arsenis, Karma, Octane, and Clay. All very valid choices. I put actually, uh, speaking of, of, of those names, uh, I put out a, a pretty interesting claim, which I may make a segment on this. I don't know. Uh, I know we're kind of coming down to the end of the show, but in general, uh, I put out a claim yesterday on Twitter, and I said, you know what? I think Octane's going to be the best player in the world. And I wanted to make that claim as soon as I possibly could because, you know, once the game is really starting to come out, it, it's you, you can kind of get the idea for how it's going to work. And I really wanted to make that claim um, as long as I possibly could. But for me, as soon as I saw the Seattle team announced, I thought, I think it's going to be him. I think it's going to be good old LaRue. I think it's going to be Octane this year because he has looked upon, been looked upon as very consistent. You could argue the best overall year maybe in Black Ops 4. Obviously, Simp comes in later, but regardless, I think this team fits him. I think with the players that he has around him, and that's, that's for me, the biggest thing. In terms of stats and the way that you know people kind of evaluate best player in the world, MVP, if you will, um, I think that Octane will be the most valuable player uh, and will be on a, on a very good team, but I think he'll definitely kind of lead that team for me because he will be looked upon. I mean, every other roster, look at him and say, who is the guaranteed, no question about it, number one? Octane's one of those guys. A lot of other ones that you could throw out there, you know, there's there's some debate. A lot of people have said gunless. I, I totally get what Aston's saying. At the same time, I've also seen a lot of formal. I've seen a lot of arsities as well. You know, there's going to gonna be some, uh, not necessarily any, any fights for who will be that number one, but you're going to have a lot of competition. And I think in the situation that um, Octane is in, I think he is the guaranteed, no question about it, number one. Uh, I think that's going to be known by a lot of the players on the team. And I've kind of listed the Seattle roster, at least in my eyes, uh, as a group of guys who are very good at highlighting. Uh, I kind of 
progressing, you know, top caliber stars. Uh, and I think that's exactly what this team is going to do. I think it's going to kind of raise Octane to a uh, another level. And I think with the way the game plays, slower game, ARs are favored. I think that only is going to help him out in the long run. Um, but is that a good thing? That's a good question to ask. Aston's referring to the ability of, of having top caliber players around you. Does that elevate you? Does that decline you? I think depending on the way you look at it uh, and with the amount of star players that you have on these rosters, I think it's going to be a slow start for a lot of these guys. And I'm someone who wants to you know, be very clear that at the start of a year, that for me isn't necessarily as important as the end um, for a number of different reasons, but I evaluate the entire year. I, I, I evaluate every single event, every series. I want to take that into consideration because a lot of people are always out there to say, oh, the last three events, he was great this year. Do you not remember the first six? <laughs> Do you not remember the, the placements at the beginning of the year? And I'm not referring to anyone specific, but just in general, I think it's huge. Uh, is that is that the real Kleenex in chat? What's up, Kleenex? We just had a great conversation about you, by the way. <laughs> if you uh if you got a if you got a chance to go back and, and hear that, I'm not sure if you did. Is that the real Kleenex though? I'm hoping that it is. I think that it is. Well, if it is, hello Kleenex. Like I said, we had a great conversation about you in the uh, in the Toronto Ultra in terms of substitutes. Um, Matt says, I'm interested to see how Joey coaches veterans uh, who have won compared to Gen G, who uh, none of them had really won a title before. That's a great, that's a very solid claim to bring up. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to hear, uh, rather see exactly how uh, Joey does do that because I think that Seattle, they're a great group. I think they're going to work excellent together. My biggest thing is that you're going to have to kind of dive in and get a lot out of those guys. You're, you know what you're going to get from Octane. Who knows what you're going to get from Karma specifically? Can he be that second option? Can someone like Apathy be that option? And obviously with the other guys on the team, I think they work great. I just, for me, I would have loved to have seen that team get an Illy or get a, a dashy in the lineup just because I think that, that would have and a lot of people thought whenever I, I made the video or made the claims about Seattle uh, they instantly assumed that I thought they were going to be awful and that wasn't the case at all I just meant that if you I think if they want to contend at the absolute highest level I think they needed one more piece but I still think they're a great team and I think that they've shown that so far throughout scrimmages which is what I expected um, but I think a lot of people jumped to a conclusion that I thought they were going to be horrible uh, and that was not at all the case um, what do you think about the Tupac dude? Uh, Tupac, I, I love. Uh, Tupac has been an excellent Search and Destroy player for the longest time. Uh, he's a grinder. Uh, he knows Search and Destroy very, very well. And I would not be surprised if much like a lot of the other rumors that are out there um, about Search and Destroy stars, could they be possibly brought into, you know, substitute positions? Um, you know, how would they be evaluated? Would they be put on a team? I think that he has a great potential to be that. I'm not sure about his responsibility or his respawnability, um, but in terms of search and destroy, I've only seen good things. And I've watched his stream actually a lot to learn <laughs> search and destroy strategies. Um, sounds good, Kleenex. We'll answer a few more questions. We will have to kind of head out, guys. I've kind of enjoyed this uh, this Q&A at the end. We normally don't do that, but I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. John, not on a team yet. One could argue the best sub during Envy's Black Ops 3 and IW runs. Both were great years for Envy. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with John right now. There's a lot of rumors floating around as to why that is, but you know, I'll, I'll leave that where it is. I'm not 100% sure. Um, Complex Matt says, I think the Slack and Able Duo is interesting, but both are typically entry players. That's a good point. That's, that's something for me that... I, I'm that, that for me was one of the worries for Seattle. I know I talked about how they were kind of an older team. I talked about how... You know, they kind of all are more designated on playing around stars. Um, and then the roles as well, for me, were a big thing. I think that this team is 
perfect for highlighting a top caliber player. And I think if whoever obviously would be subbed out, but in general, I think if you brought in a, a talented younger guy, primarily younger, just because you want to kind of add that to the fray, um, someone that you can kind of build up for years and years to come, uh, I think that they would work perfect on this roster. And that's why I was so you know, adamant about, hey, can we get a younger player on the team? Because I think that it really would drive a lot uh, and it would be an excellent piece. You know, a guaranteed number two, I think, would be a lot. And then you have that consistent core, a guy like Apathy when he needs to step up can, a guy like Karma can step up when he can. Um, obviously, you have Enable and Slack, like depending, you know, obviously they can step up when they can. So that's just the way that I look at it. Um, but what a good show we've had today, guys. Like I said, thank you all for uh, for tuning into the Reload today. We answered some great questions. I know we didn't get a chance to uh, to cover all of them, but uh, maybe in the future, that's what we can talk about. Maybe we can designate a segment to uh, to a Q&A, to maybe questions more. Make sure to stay tuned to my Twitter, at Lando. I definitely have some Q&A things in mind uh, to kind of get the Call of Duty community. I want, I want their voice to be out there because I think there's so many great opinions. I think that we brought up a lot of great questions as well in terms of you know what's happening with certain players, how we'll certain teams handle particular rosters coaches now put in different positions i think that it's very interesting and uh, i think a lot of those questions and and, and and you know opinions need to be out there uh of course alongside mine i think is uh, is excellent so i'm super excited about it but uh, like i said make sure to do that like i said if you're listening to this on itunes spotify etc i really do appreciate it if you're catching the vod a little bit late if you join the show and said oh man what is the reload or maybe i caught a segment late that i really wanted to catch all of it for you can feel free to uh to check us out on itunes spotify etc um and those links will be made available to you on twitter at prediction that's prediction on Twitter with two E's as well as myself at Lando. I'll be making those links as public uh, or public as soon as I possibly can. But I do appreciate you guys all for tuning in for today. We had some great conversation. Uh, definitely kind of uh, covered a lot of interesting you know, topics today about the LA Gorillas. We talked about the Dallas Empire being the best team or rather deemed as the best team in the world. Does that mean anything at this point in the game? And then also the importance of substitutes and how those can play a role in terms of defining the uh, the top caliber rosters from the rest. But uh, like I said, guys, a great episode today. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. And, uh, and make sure to stay tuned on Twitter, like I said, to at prediction with two E's on Twitter or at myself at Lando uh, for the links later on uh, for this episode. So appreciate it. Hope you guys all have a fantastic rest of your day, whether you're across the pond in Europe or obviously uh, in North America, along with myself. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you guys all soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.